What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Sam Dunks, the weekly NBA show over at Slab Socks. I'm your host, Sam. Today, we are in the midst of the NBA Finals. Tomorrow, as I record this, is Game 6, hopefully the last game of the series. But we're not going to talk about the NBA Finals today. Instead, we're turning our attention to the next most pressing issue on the basketball calendar. That's the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. I think they're still calling it the 2020 Olympics, which kick off later this week with the basketball tournament beginning right away on Saturday. Will the Olympics affect card prices? What type of players might see gains? Who might see some losses in the cards markets? We're going to be trying answering all those questions today, so let's just jump right into it. opening ceremonies are this Friday, July 23rd, and then the preliminary round of the Olympics men's basketball tournament tips off this Saturday, July 24th. Now, there are 12 teams playing in the tournament. They're grouped into groups of four. There's three groups of them, so Group A, Group B, Group C. The USA, which I assume most of my listeners are interested in, USA is in Group A. Uh, They're joined by Iran, France and the Czech Republic. As far as groups that you want to be in, if you're the USA, this is most likely the best case scenario. Group B is comprised of Australia. I know we have listeners out there in Australia. Australia, Germany, Italy, and Nigeria. And that probably would be considered the group of death in this tournament. You know, Australia is always very strong. They are again this year. Nigeria also is a team that beat the USA in that exhibition match just a a week or so ago. Uh, They're well coached. They have a number of NBA players on their roster. Fully capable team. And then Italy's no slouch either. Traditionally a pretty strong team. They figure to be good once more. Germany also has some guys. Uh, Then Group C, Argentina, traditionally good. Same with Spain, always a contender. Then we have Japan with the home Olympics boost. And then Slovenia, led by some guy called Luka Doncic. I'm sure you've heard of him. Should be just a really, really good tournament overall. Now, each team will play a total of three games in their preliminary round. You know, they're facing off against each each other team in the grouping after that round is complete. The top two teams in each group, along with the two better third seeds, will advance on. So that means the fourth place finishers in each group, as well as the the worst third seed in the entire tournament. They'll just be out of the tournament permanently at that point. Uh, The groups then kind of stop to matter after that point. It'll just become a single elimination tournament right up until the gold medal game with the gold medal winning team needing to play six straight games in order to get there. That's a bit of a shorter tournament than in years past, but we'll still get six games out of the best national team in the world. Should be plenty to be excited about in the coming weeks. Now, will the USA win it all? That's a good question. And honestly, and sometimes the team from the USA will simply just not click and and that always becomes rather embarrassing especially for a usa team that going back to the olympics and and the the dream team kind of introduced the game of basketball around the world Uh, in recent years we've kind of scuffled a little bit that could certainly happen again this year um that that they do not win the gold it's definitely a talented roster but certainly still a possibility the roster as it currently stands, it's on the screen if you're watching, but it's comprised of Bam Adebayo, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Jeremy Grant, Draymond Green, Drew Holiday, Keldon Johnson, Zach Levine, Damian Lillard, JaVale McGee, Chris Middleton. 
<laughs> I just love that JaVale McGee is one of the guys representing America. Uh, JaVale McGee, Chris Middleton, and Jason Tatum. No idea what's going to happen with Booker, Holiday, and Middleton. Obviously, they're all still in the NBA Finals with the NBA Finals pushing right up against the Olympics. I suppose, although I have no idea how this works, I suppose they could potentially not show up or maybe just show up a little late to the tournament. Again, no idea what's going to be happening there. We'll have to wait and see what happens there. So a talented roster, certainly. Maybe not quite as talented as in years past. Uh, I think it's better than the disappointing 2004 team, most likely. My gut reaction as I look up and down this roster is, you know, they're definitely going to be able to score. You have Booker, Durant, Levine, Lillard, Middleton, Tatum. They're all wired to score. Every single one of those guys should have no problem at all creating their own shots. And part of the difficulty will be finding someone who's going to be willing to take a step back and facilitate on offense, you know, direct the offense instead of looking out for his own scoring. Yeah, that's not in Devin Booker's wheelhouse. That's not something that Zach Levine's able to do. Uh, Damian Lillard probably going to be the de facto lead point guard in this group, but on a team that's not lacking scoring, is he going to be willing to take a step back and really just lead rather than hunt for his own buckets? Kind of have my doubts about that. Also, just not a whole ton of defense on this roster um, in general. I mean, there are good defensive players, but there's certainly very little by way of perimeter defense. Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, they'll be bringing that defensive tenacity that we've seen from them in these playoffs, but it's seemingly up in the air if they'll even show up and how much they'll play. I'm sure they're going to be dog-tired after the playoffs are finally done. And again, I have no idea what's going to happen there. Tatum, he's another guy that can defend out on the perimeter, but otherwise really not much out on the wings or at the point of attack. Then in the big man grouping, we have Draymond Green, Bam Adebayo, JaVale McGee. Forgive me if I'm not like super enthusiastic about that big man uh, tandem there. Uh, you know, Really, Draymond and Bam, probably the best two facilitators in this overall group. So yeah, just kind of a weird roster for the USA this time around. I don't know where the best betting odds are on the internet. I have never placed a wager on sports before, but I did pull up the DraftKings betting odds, and the USA is the pretty heavy favorites at minus 425. They're followed then by Australia, so Australia is the, the second heaviest favorites at plus 900. Uh, they're followed then by Spain, uh, Slovenia, France, Argentina, Nigeria, Italy, Czech Republic, Germany, Japan, and then Iran bringing up the rear. It's, that's the order. Uh, the USA kind of has to be the favorite just on the basis of the star power that they have. You know, most of the other teams, they just can't boast that type of star power. You know, some of them have the top end talent. Even some of them have, you know, very premier NBA players, but no other country has the top to bottom NBA all-star caliber caliber players that the USA can boast. Might not really matter, as we've seen time and time again, that the team element in international basketball simply just matters a whole lot more than it does in the NBA. Take, for instance, the Canadian national team, which was bounced from the Tokyo Games by the Czech Republic just the other day. Uh, they were led by Andrew Wiggins, Dwight Powell, Trey Lyles, Corey Joseph, Lugens, Dort, my guy, R.J. Barrett, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and they were coached by Nick Nurse. So not on the USA's level of star power or anything really close to that, but still certainly a legitimate team. And yet they lost to a Czech team that is led by exactly one NBA player, that being Tomas Sadoransky. No disrespect to Sadoransky. I really like him as a player. I love what he brings as a point guard. But if you were to stack those two teams against each other on paper, most people are probably going to assume that Canada wins. But an in international ball. 
team cohesiveness just really matters a whole lot more. So many of these teams have played you know, multiple games per year, and going back years, they've been practicing with each other in the offseason. Uh, you know, team cohesiveness, that's huge in FIBA and international ball. There's a lot more ball movement on offense in the international game. The ISO-heavy offense that many of the best NBA players favor simply does not do as much in the Olympics. You know, for one thing, zone defense is completely legal by FIBA rules. There's no such thing as defensive three seconds. Players can camp out on defense if they so desire, which sort of neutralizes a lot of the spacing that NBA rules create. Additionally, the court is smaller, not by much, but by a few feet in either direction, which again, just sort of limits the free space that NBA ISO scoring requires and that players seek to, to operate in. On top of all that, hunting for fouls, that just really doesn't pay off in the international game. And you might have seen the clips from the Nigeria-USA exhibition from the other day. Uh, NBA stars doing what we've grown accustomed to, which is driving the vicinity of a defender, rise up for three, and then appear to get shot by a sniper as they come down. And well, you know what? That just that type of thing just doesn't really fly in FIBA. You know, there's only two refs on the court versus the three in the NBA. There are only five fouls to give versus the six in the NBA, and it's just a much more physical game. The ticky-tack, flop type of fouls that, that sadly we've grown accustomed to watching the NBA, they're just rarely called. For all of these reasons, sad as it is to say, this USA team will be vulnerable in these Olympics. Uh, now, as far as, as cards are concerned, you know, we know that so much of value is really driven by hype. It's driven by media coverage and how the public perceives a given player. If the USA was to win this tournament, I could envision Damian Lillard as being a big winner in card value. He's just got the type of mentality that people really love. You know, uh, wear USA across his chest and go carry the team on his back. You know, that's the type of thing I could see him doing. He has that type of scoring prowess that just shines in the highlights. And, and if we win, Lillard's simply going to have a big part to play in, in, in the whole game. If Jason Tatum can elevate his game in international play after a somewhat disappointing year, that could go a long way in repairing his value after this past year, which was uh, seen as, you know, kind of a down year for the Celtics and for Tatum's value overall. Uh, Devin Booker, he's another player that I could see shining. And this roster is just filled with a lot of pretty streaky shooters, but Devin Booker, uh, and he can be streaky too, but he can also certainly fill it up from all three levels. And he's still young enough that I think a strong showing at the Olympics can really be a boost to his stock. If the USA does not secure the gold, I think that would strongly affect one guy in particular, and that's Kevin Durant. And you can just hear all the questions now. Would this have happened if this was LeBron's team? You know, Kevin Durant will never be as good as LeBron, blah, 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 whatever. This being KD's time to shine without LeBron, without Steph, without some of the other guys that he's shared the international spotlight with in years past, anything less than a gold will certainly bring out a lot of criticism against him. Um, and that, all of that after a playoffs where he really just shined brightly as the best player alive. That's just some of the stuff to think about as we move forward. And, and we can go take a quick look at some of these guys over on our Slab Stocks Pro platform to see what their markets have been doing lately. Let's do that right now. So here on the Slab Stocks Pro platform, I'm going to be looking up Damian Lillard. Uh, we'll pull up his, his base prism PSA 10 rookie card. Uh, looking back over, let's just say six months, uh, we see a, a, a peak there in March as things started getting exciting as they were you know, beefing up heading into the playoffs. And then uh, things have really just dropped off for him since then, hitting a low of $710. 
uh, back on June 23rd. Oh, that's my birthday. Well, back on uh, my birthday, it was it was around $710, kind of flatlined in this vicinity here. But we also see a little bit of a leap here recently, just one sale. So all it took was one guy wanting to bid up that price up to that point. So it's kind of hard to say what was going into that at that point. Um, but perhaps it's the thought of these Olympics just right around the corner, uh, trying to buy in with some of the hype that's building around it right now. We could look up Devin Booker's, uh, Devin Booker's, Devin Booker Prism PSA 10 Silver rookie card. We'll look at him. Uh, not the most exciting chart in the world, but um, we see you know, a little bit of rising action through the playoffs here. Um, back before, just as the playoffs were starting, it was sitting at $4,050. May 23rd is when their first game was played. $4,050, and it rose all the way right up until just last week, or a little over a week ago, $8,800. So basically, or over doubled in price, incredible. Um, and then July 13th, what is today? July 19th, so um, a couple losses in a row. Now they're at three straight losses, and it did drop by $2,000, although that's, again, only to sale, so it's really hard to know what to make of that. Um, but if Devin Booker, if he plays really well, if he lights it up like we've all seen he can do coming off two straight 40-point games, uh, certainly he could be seen as a hero here nationally, um, a, a good player to watch. We could look up Kevin Durant's uh, tops. Oh, we'll look at his tops base PSA 10. Not that one. What do I want? His 2007 tops base PSA 10. Uh, just looking over the past uh, six months, oh, we'll go a little further. We'll look at a year. Uh, we see that climb up in, in August of last year. Since then, just skyrocketed. Now remember, he was injured last season, so he, while he built up with the rest of the market, he wasn't doing anything to earn that. It was just what that's what the market was doing. Um, plummets with the rest of the market during the off season, and then he really just skyrocketed, reached all the way up to twelve hundred or twelve thousand eight hundred dollars back in February, and then we've seen it just drop off along with the rest of the sell-off of the market. Now, I wouldn't think that he has a ton of mobility, you know, downward mobility here, um, but if the negative buzz persists around him, if if the USA loses the tournament, and this is Kevin Durant's team. I could see that at least you know flatlining here going forward or, or taking a bit of a hit. Of course, if he wins and he does what he did for the Nets in the postseason against the Bucks in particular, 40 points, leaves it all out there on the court. Uh, he's also a card where you know, you're looking at this this drop of, from 12,000 all the way to the most recent sale of 37.50. So just basically a um, you know a third to a quarter of the price of where it was just four months ago, five months ago. Uh, could be an interesting player to watch. So I think there's a ton of players on this this USA team in general that that I would be watching and, and knowing what you know about them, seeing that on the international stage. And if the USA can wear bring home the gold and we're listening to the Star Spangled Banner while they're on the podium, uh, there's certainly going to be all time you know good feelings around this team and around some of these players. Uh, certainly could be some winners there. But it's not exactly the USA team that I'm watching most closely. Let's take a look at some of the guys from other teams around the world. There are a few other guys outside of the USA's roster that I think could shine given the right circumstances if their teams move far enough in the tournament. I'm looking, thinking primarily about young guys that still have a lot to prove that maybe haven't shown a whole ton in the NBA yet, 
but I think under these circumstances could shine and could increase their card values. First up, we'll look at Nico Mannion of the, well, of the Golden State Warriors, I was going to say, but he's playing for Team Italy. Uh, I have here on the screen his Blue Ice Prism rookie card. Um, of course, there's just very few PSA 10s of anything Nico Mannion available, um, but his most recent auction on the raw blue ice that I have here was $78. Uh, certainly a very attractive card. You have the nice blue matching of some of the, the blue accenting on the, the Warriors uh, jerseys. Also, it's a short printed card. Uh, he's been playing fine. He's not you know, the hugest role on this Italy team, but he's been playing chunks of minutes in the qualifiers heading up to the preliminary rounds. Uh, 24 minutes against Puerto Rico, 21 points, three rebounds, six assists, shot 54.5% from the field against the Dominican Republic. Didn't play a whole ton, 13 minutes at eight points, two rebounds, two assists, shot 67% from the field, but that was only on like three shots. And then against Serbia in that game where they bounced Serbia, a pretty surprising result there. He played 28 minutes, had 24 points, zero rebounds, four assists, didn't shoot great from the field, 41% overall, but 24 points in that surprising win uh, certainly played a big role in getting Italy to the Olympics. Overall, 22 minutes, 18 points, two rebounds, four assists, and 54% from the field uh, during the course of the, the qualifying round. Now, Group B, again, that's what I think is probably the group of death. You have Australia, very strong. Nigeria, very strong. Uh, Italy and Germany, both relatively strong as well. So no guarantee that Italy is going to come out of that grouping or that they're going to make it very far in this tournament. But I would have to guess that if three of the groups are going to have three teams qualifying for the quarterfinal, Italy's probably going to be one of them. I uh, wouldn't be surprised at all if a lot of fans are interested in seeing what he does since he does play for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, certainly a player to watch, in my opinion. Uh, next, we'll head over to Slab Stocks Pro. We're going to look at a few more players, uh, starting up with Matisse Thibel of the Australian national team, the Boomers, which is just the greatest team name alive. Uh, Matisse Thibel, let's go take a look at him on Slab Stocks Pro. We're here on the Slab Stocks Pro platform. Looking up, first of all, Matisse Thibel is... Prism Silver PSA 10 rookie card. You know, Matisse Thibel, he's always been one of these guys that is uh, so prone to, um, you know, profiting on hype. You know, hype really builds around this guy. Um, ever since his first summer league appearance, if you remember, his first summer league showing back in 2019, uh, heading into the 2020 season, just, you know, all-time good feelings around this guy. Of course, it's not recorded here on this chart since there were no PSA 10s available for him at that time. Um, but I have pulled up here the, the length of his of his cards chart. So this goes all the way back to April of 2020. Um, we see obviously August that you know the the buildup of the overall card market during that time uh, with COVID and everything else leading back into play. Uh, we see that general skyrocket, and then of course it fell off leading into last season. Again, we see that hype building. So uh, here we are, December. We see it peak again. 100, 200, $200 is the the peak at that point. Um, games hadn't even started yet, but this is just what happens with Matisse Thibault's market. And then games started playing and it dropped off and we've kind of leveled off in the, the $105, $115 range for the past several months. Now, Matisse Thibault plays for Team Australia. When they played the USA the other day and beat the USA, Matisse Thibault had a really big part to play in that. He had 12 points on five of seven shooting. He had two of three uh, shots from downtown that he converted to go along with three steals, two blocks, three assists, just excellent defense, locking up some of the best players in the world for Team USA. 
if the boomers go far in this tournament a lot of it's going to have to do with Matisse Thibel. Uh, Australia is a great basketball market, great basketball card market. Uh, I can see a lot of a lot of hype building for Matisse Thibel. Um, he could potentially be someone to watch, especially sitting as he is, you know, between seventy-five and a hundred dollars over the past uh, couple weeks. Um, could be a good guy to, to buy pretty cheap and, and potentially flip if Australia goes far in this tournament, like I kind of assume that they will. Next player I wanted to look up was Rui Hachimura of the uh, the host team, Japan. We're looking at his Silver Prism rookie card. Looking back over the past year, again, August of 2020, we see his market, along with everyone else, skyrocketing $787, which is obscene in my mind. Um, we've seen a, a generally pretty precipitous fall. We did see, again, just like with Matisse, a rise up to the beginning of the play, of the NBA season. And Hachimura, he was fine. It's the second year in the league. It you know, wasn't the greatest season or anything like that. I'm settling in on the $175, $150 range over the past couple of months. Again, Rui Hachimura heading into the Olympics. He's on the host Japan, Japanese team. He's one of the flag carriers for Japan, one of the two. There's a male and a female. He was chosen as the male to carry the flag into the Olympics in the opening ceremonies. They're going to be leading the whole brigade. Uh, really could potentially be some good things coming for the Rui Hachimura market. You know, so much of his market is not dictated as much by what he's actually doing on the court, but by what he represents as a Japanese national player. Um, you know, um, you know, Playing in the United States, being a high first-round draft pick, um, I'm not like the most in love with his game, but I do think he plays well, um, better in international play. His game really fits that style, perhaps a bit more. Uh, Japan could be a surprising team here coming up uh, in this tournament. Uh, certainly a name to watch. Next, we'll look at a guy that's uh, not an up-and-comer, but that's Luka Doncic. Uh, first, we'll pull up his, his rookie base, PSA 10. Uh, see what that's been doing. It's not a pretty chart. Uh, we'll go back to the beginning of, of January of this year. Uh, pretty ugly. Of course, uh, his card has you know just like the highest population numbers that you know, we've pretty much seen in any card. Um, so supply and demand states as the, the supply rises generally speaking the, the demand is just not going to be able to meet uh, catch up with that so we see that with Luca's market uh, his his prism base PSA 10 rookie card has dropped 53% right along the way just a very steady decline has nothing to do with how he's been playing on the court he's been amazing has more to say what he's his his PSA population is uh, we see similar sort of thing in his um, prism silver rookie card uh, let's pull that up here real quick. Looking back over the past year, we see again that run up last August at alt, not all time high, but got up to 84.50, dropped down as the his season ended, climbed right back up heading into this year, and then it peaked all time high of $9,700 in March. And then uh, we saw again just that, that pretty dramatic drop-off in the months since. So here we had that, that sell-off in the market, although some cards have been rebounding. Um, actually, quite a few cards have been rebounding lately, um, but his card has not begun to rebound yet, sitting at $4,250. I'm kind of flatlined there for, for the past you know, several weeks. Now, Luka Doncic is the only player as well. There's a couple guys on the Slovenian national team, but Luka Doncic is going to be facing 
pretty much exactly what he's faced in his Mavericks career, which is he's basically the only guy who puts the team on his back and he goes out there and does his best. Now, Luka Doncic, of, of any player in basketball, is definitely able to do that. He's proven it on the Slovenian national team. He's been excellent. The team's always been very good with him. In fact, in games in which he plays the Serbian national team, is uh, not Serbian, the Slovenian national team is 13-0. and um, he's never lost with this national team. He's going into the Olympics. Uh, certainly could be making quite a bit of noise. Uh, definitely a player to watch if Luka puts the team on his back while the whole world is watching and Slovenia is able to pull this off and, and win the tournament. I could really see Luka as one of the big winners of this tournament as far as his card prices go. So those are my thoughts on the upcoming Olympics. Will they or won't they? Will we see any gains? I don't know. I'm certainly not guaranteeing any of these things to take place, but uh, the Olympics, they only come around every four years, and it's been five years since the last one. The Olympics, most of the people around the world seem to love them. I certainly do. Uh, rooting for Team USA, but uh, they're, they're fragile this year. Perhaps someone else might slip in and get, get the gold medal, win the title. Uh, and I do think with some of the hype around the Olympics and some of the excitement around the, the basketball tournament, uh, we could perhaps see some good things in various card markets in a marketplace where we haven't been able to see too many short-term flips in recent recent weeks, recent months. Uh, perhaps you could see that as we head into the Olympics. Uh, but until next time, thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate your time watching this long video. Uh, but Olympics are coming. That's exciting. And we'll see you next week.